My turn. I love it when it's my turn. Praise the Lord, everyone. Thank you for being here tonight, and I pray that you came uh, with uh, the, the uh, uh, intention of learning something about the Lord. And uh, as we study the Word of God together, I hope we do just that. And uh, I want to remind you in Revelation, you know, uh, everything's just not clear. So you can see everything. Some stuff is open to interpretation. There are many different ideas and theories. And, and so you'll hear me say oftentimes, I believe, or it's my theory. And that don't mean that I've got, a, I've got the, uh, the upper hand on anything. But I, I do study, and I have studied this a lot. And so I'm going to give you the best explanation that I believe the Lord has shown me uh, in this. And it's open, so if you want to... Uh, ask questions or you want to uh, uh, add your part to something, you feel free to do that. We're going to take time to do that. And so we're in chapter 7 of Revelation tonight. And uh, we're going to be uh, looking at uh, verses 9 through 17. We're going to look at the rest of the chapter. And uh, so if uh, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. And then if somebody would, I'd like for you to read those verses for me out loud. So, Lord, Lord, we love you. And we praise your name. And we thank you, Lord, for the rain that you gave us this morning. What a beautiful blessing it was. And, and Lord, even in the midst of the, the rain, we had a great crowd here this morning. And we want to thank you for that. And, Lord, we just praise you for being our God. We praise you for loving us. And we praise you for all of your word. And, God, although Revelation is, is hard for us to understand, hard for us to comprehend, because it is future. We don't know how far in the future, but we know it's future. And we know these things that we're studying about, just like the Bible says they're going to happen, they will. And we may not know the hows, the whys, and the wheres, but we do know one thing, that this word is absolutely true. And that the horrors that we're, that we're beginning to study about are going to come to pass. And it's my prayer, God, that, that the people who hear these words will come to know you as Lord and Savior. And God, with all that I believe in the rapture of the church, I pray, God, that there will be nobody left behind to have to suffer death through this tribulation. God, so we just pray, Lord, while, while the church is still here, while, while the, the Holy Spirit is still saving in the church, God, that people will respond to that salvation so they don't have to go through this type of, of torture and death in order to make heaven. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for who you are. So show us, Lord, in your word the things we need to know. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Who wants to read these verses for me? Go ahead. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessed and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they the, before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all their tears from their eyes. Okay, so we, thank you Vicki, uh, we, we have studied prior to this uh, about the, uh, the sealing of the 144,000. And uh, last week, uh, we, we went over some uh, numbers and some, uh, uh, some statistics that, uh, that showed a whole lot of stuff. 
and uh, and helps us to realize. And uh, y'all remember, I, I, uh, we 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 made the remark uh, from the the, the the statistics that the Orthodox Jewish women <coughs> had a uh, um, their rate of, of birth, uh, which is called uh, fertility rate, uh, was very high, and that the Orthodox Jews are the ones who who can prove their ancestry. They, they are still faithful to the Old Testament uh, law and, uh, and, they can, and they believe in the prophets uh, and, and they can trace their ancestry and it's one of the, the th ways of citizenship in Israel. And so uh, uh, we saw that, uh, that through this fertility rate, which is, is only uh, 2.47 in all of Israel, but for the uh, uh, Orthodox Jewish women, and it's like the Lord has picked out these women and made them fertile. Now we've seen that happen uh, in uh, Egypt, if you'll remember. The Lord made the, the women, the Israelite women, where they could have children without the midwives, without the doctors and everything. And God caused them to be able to, to have children because the Egyptians didn't want them to have any more kids. Well, you can almost see it to the point already where God is... Is, is getting ready for this 144,000 men that he's going to choose to put his seal on and he's getting him a, a crop built up uh, to be able to do that, okay? And so, uh, and uh, we also saw in the fifth seal, now we're backing up because we need to back up here. I did that just a preview of what was last week. But in the, in the fifth seal that we studied on the third of this month, uh, if you remember, there was a, a group of, of people who had been slain. Uh, they were martyrs that were underneath the, thro uh, the uh, altar and before the throne of God. And remember, they cried out and asked the Lord, how long are you going to wait before you take vengeance for what happened to us? And so, and we reasoned out from that that those people that were there remembered the earth, okay? That those people that were in heaven what, what, which is the heaven that we're not all going to wind up in. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. That's not been uh, done yet. And so these people were in the, in the part of heaven where we go to when we die, and they remembered what happened to them, and they were wanting the, the Lord to take care of them. But if you remember, he told them something. He told them, he said, we're not going to do anything till the other people, your brethren, have given their lives and died like you have. Remember that? And so in this, these verses right here, we see this multitude, a great multitude. I'm going to ask you a question. Does anybody know from the numerical system, the Hebrew numerical system, what the largest number of their system was? Anybody know? You know what it is? It's one million. That's as high as their numerical system goes. So when they tell you that there's numbers that are above counting or numbers they can't count, they can't count past a million. And when they tell you there's thousands times thousands times ten thousand, that means they, there's more than a million to them. There's a, a whole lot. And so in this right here, he just says a great multitude which no man could number. So we know there's over a million. There may be multiple millions. We don't know. We just know that it's an astronomical number, and there was no way he could count it. They didn't have counters like we got now. They didn't have ways to, to count people like we do now. So he was looking at this crowd, and he thought, oh, my, there ain't no way you can count all these people. And so when he looks at these people, and, and he says that look at who they are. They're a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations. There was all kinds of people there from every nation. There were uh, all kinds of kindreds and people and tongues that spoke different languages. And they stood before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were clothed with white robes and palms in their hands and cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God which sitteth on the throne and unto the Lamb. Now, when I first saw this, when I first did my study, this was a few years ago, I had to look at my notes to see how far back it was when I studied this. It was sometime uh, early this year, I guess. The first thing that popped into my mind when I saw this, we're looking at the church. Well, guess what? I was wrong. And that's not who we're looking at here. Silence. Not who we're looking at here. 
And I wanted to argue with the Word of God. If we're not careful, we get these ideas in our head the way we think it's supposed to be. And by George, we'll change the Word if, and make it our way, right? Well, there's two ideas about who these people are. And so uh, uh, you, you, we've already read the whole thing, but if we get down to it and it says, uh, he asks uh, John, who are these people? John says, I don't have a clue. You know, you're here. You've been here. Who are these people? Tell me. And that's kind of the way I was. Who are these people? I don't know. And, and the angel gives him the answer. He says, they are those which came out of great tribulation. Now, here's why I tried to change the word of God. And where other people are still trying to change the word of God. Because, see, everybody don't believe that the church is going to be raptured before the tribulation. Some people believe that the church is going to be raptured three and a half years into the tribulation. Some people, and, and this is the scripture they use actually to try to prove that, that here they are, people of all kindred, nations, and tongues. I want to give you some more of these statistics that you need to know about. And this, uh, this is from Lifeway Research. You can look it up on, uh, on the internet if you'd like to. But currently, uh, today, Christianity is the only religion. Now, how, who, who can tell me what the largest religion in the world is? No. It's Christianity. Yeah, I'm going to give you the numbers. Currently, Christianity is the only religion in the world with more than 2 billion followers. Only one. Now listen, and I know it's going to crack a bunch of these ideas that you've had. In, in the next five years, Islam or Muslims will cross that threshold. In the coming five years, they will supersede two billion. Hinduism has one billion. About a billion. Now this is, this is just rounded figures. It's not an exact figure. Projections of Christianity... Christianity will be the first to reach 3 billion by the year 2050. And, and uh, 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 3 billion for, for 2050 estimates 3.4 billion. Now listen to this. Do you know what the largest, the, the nation or the continent with the largest number of new Christians coming to the Lord every year? Anybody want to venture to guess where it's at? Iran. China. 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 Africa. Africa. Christianity is spreading across Africa. And it says that in, in this 2050, this 3.4 billion number, 1.3 billion will be in Africa. Is that where the fertility rate is really high, as we talked about last week? Sudan, 7.0. The fertility rate in Africa is extremely high compared to the rest of the world. So they're having more children. But the thing about it is, missionaries are going to Africa right and left, and those people are responding to the to the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, the last missionary I talked to said that he had people that walked 25 miles wow. to have church. Mm. Try that here. <laughs> right. Hey, some people won't cross the road to go to church. Those people walk 25 miles and are ready to worship when they get there. Think about it. And so that's a, the Lord is blessing them for what they're wanting from Him. He's giving it to them. And I think we ought to rejoice in that. Amen? Amen. And so He don't look at color. He don't look at nationality. You see that from this scripture right here. These people that are there are people that are going to die during the Great Tribulation. Amen? And they just all ain't speaking the same language and they're all from that same nation. So we better get ready because we have brethren that don't look like us and don't talk like us, don't dress like us, and don't act like us. We got brethren. Hey, everybody just say amen. 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 We need to get up off our pompous high horse and our bigotry and we need to realize that there's other people besides white folks that get saved. And we need to understand that it ain't just Americans who have a, have a, a, a hold on Christianity. Hallelujah. Our God is the God of this world. He is the God of salvation. Jesus Christ died for all men, not just part of it. 
And we need to get off of this high horse at who we are. And I don't even know where this is coming from because this ain't supposed to have nothing to do with it. But 1.3 billion of them in 2050, they project, is going to be from, from Africa. In other words, over one-third, over one-third of the Christians of the world by 2050 will be African people. Amen. That's the power of God. That is the power of God and the salvation. That is the God we serve who died for everybody. Amen. Amen. We saw revivals go across Great Britain. We saw revivals go across the United States of America. And now we're seeing revivals go. You know why? Because we've done just about turned pagan. We've turned into what God destroyed Israel over. Why he put them into captivity. We have turned into those people by our filthiness and our acceptance of immorality and what we do. Is it our fault? No. Don't ever let anybody tell you it's all our fault. It's not. God's going to have a church. He's going to have a people. He's going to have a remnant and He knows who they are. Amen. And there are people who trust Him, who love Him, and who preach truth to him, uh, about Him. Amen. And people who live the truth for Him. And so let me go on these statistics so we can get back into the, the study. In 1900, and this is one of the things I want you to look at, when they, when they did the first statistics, they said 54.3% of the world was unevangelized. In 2020, it was 28.3%. That's how close it was for worldwide evangelism. Okay? Now, the scripture when it says that all the world needs to hear the gospel, don't say every person in the world. Every area of the world will need to hear the gospel. That's happening. That's why you see the deepest, darkest parts of Africa. You see South America down in the Amazon where missionaries are going and people are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's the same there as it is here. You either believe it and receive it or you reject it and deny it. Same thing. Happened. It's the same everywhere we are. Uh, God's not a respect for a person. Over 100 million Bibles per year will be printed by 2025. Now, Randy can probably tell you how many the Gideons print every year. But in, in uh, 2025, they projected over 100 million Bibles per year. Amen. They said that the Bible is a top-selling book of all time and that you combine every book that has ever been sold, no matter how popular it is, it wouldn't even compare to the Bible's sales. They don't even come close. It's just a fraction of that. The Word of God is alive. Why? Because the Word of God became flesh and blood among us. Amen. And we have that Word. Just in sales as of this year, Bible that they know, is over 6 billion just in sales. 6 billion Six just in sales. Amen. Amen. In 1970, there were 3.7 million martyrs around the world. People killed for the cross of Christ. We witnessed some of it. They wouldn't actually show it on TV. We witnessed some of it during the Iraq War and the war in Afghanistan where they literally took Christians out with a sword and cut their heads off while they were knelt before men. They burned them alive. They tortured them. Killed them, murdered them, to show us, to show us. But today, today, now listen to this. It says that there, now this, this 3.7 million martyrs was every decade. That's in a 10-year span of time. Okay, it wasn't, in a, it wasn't even a year. It was a 10-year span of time. Today, they said that 900,000 are dying every decade. Now what happened? What made that great decrease? There's only two possibilities. Either you, you think that this, uh, this percentage of world population are turning Christian or getting more sympathetic to the Christian cause, or, or the Christians aren't as threatening to them as they used to be. Now which one do you think it is? As the world enters the church, we're not nearly as big a threat to them as we used to be. Well, we look like the world, but not only that, there's this big thing going on now that lots of roads lead to heaven. They're our brothers now. 
We serve the same God. You know what I got to say about that? Hogwash. We have become more acceptable of what is an abomination to God. Right. We have become more acceptable to that. And we have opened the door to many different ways to God. When our scripture is firm and, and about it, there's one way. One way. And he, he don't say, he, say, he don't give any, he don't leave anything open to that. I am the only way. No man is going to come to the Father except by me. And his name is Jesus Christ. And that's what they were killing so many people over decades ago. Yep. And so now we're here in this great big open thing. We're all in one big happy family. No, we're not. Amen. No, we're not. And so when we see these people, and the Bible tells us plainly, when this, this angel answered him, he said, they are those who came out of great tribulation. Amen? And he said, they came out of great tribulation and they have done something. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. These people right here are the ones, when the mark of the beast came up, when the mark of the beast was issued, and I want to, I don't let, you know what, it is sickening when you do research and you see what some people say. I told y'all about here in the radio broadcast where a man said, I don't think God's going to send anybody to hell for taking the mark of the beast to save their children. Well, you better read the Bible. Absolutely. Can you believe that? That came off a public broadcast system from a, a preacher in our country. He's broadcast every day. He's got no telling how many thousands or hundreds of thousands of people that listen to him. That if they don't know the Word of God, they ain't going to know what the Word of God says. They're going to believe that stuff. <laughs> nobody reads the Bible. Nobody studies their Bible. Nobody knows what the Bible says. So we're open to anybody's word. If they if they call themselves a preacher and they get in the pulpit, well, they got to be a preacher. They're called to God. I better do what they say. And y'all know you see the mega churches and you see the slack. You see the 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 openness of the world. You see, my goodness, you know they have gay churches. They got gay preachers. They got all this stuff coming in. And we say, God's okay with that? No way. Think about it. Amen. And I'm not preaching against people. I'm just telling you what the church, the letdown of the standards of God according to His Word, and men have changed that standard and let it down to accept everything and things that God don't accept Himself that's plain in His Word. Yeah. Now, I, I want to show you, I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit, so I want you to understand where I'm coming from with this about... Uh, about uh, uh, people that take the mark of the beast are going to hell. That's right. Yeah, if you if you uh, if you want to look in chapter fourteen, if you want to look in chapter fourteen, let me make sure I get the right one because I I wasn't expecting them to do this here. I want you to just see this. Let me go ahead and start reading in verse 8. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is following Babylon. That great city has made uh, uh, an all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of fornication. And the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, Fanny men worship the beast and his image and receive his mark. Y'all see that? If any man worship the beast and receive his mark or his image, in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. Does that sound like they're going to heaven? <laughs> Does it say if they do it to save their children? Does it say they do it to save themselves and be able to buy medicines and groceries? No. It says that if you receive that mark, it's a signature that you have surrendered to worship the beast and his image. And that you will not go to heaven, you will suffer the wrath of God, and you will wind up in a place called hell that's burning with fire and brimstone and set it point blank. Don't let anybody tell you that you'll be able to do that. 
Because right. I ran into a whole bunch of that, and you'd be surprised who said it and, and, and where they've come up with this, I'll never know. And they, they said, well, the grace of God will never leave. No, it won't. These people here are going to find grace of God by denying the mark of the beast and dying for that purpose. Amen. And that's this great multitude. It ain't going to be a few. And the reason I've said this and gave you these statistics of the billions of people that are going to be Christians that by the, the year 2050 and the ones that are 2 billion right now is because here's what a theory that I have. Again, it's my theory. Believe it or not. Who these, how come it's so many? How come is it so many? How, how come is there so many that's not going to do this? You would think lost people would just go ahead and fall for it. Go ahead, but they're not. It's going to be people out of this business because the Bible says narrow is the way, straight is the gate that leadeth unto life everlasting, and few there are that are on it. But broad is the way, and broad is the gate that leadeth to destruction, and many be thereon. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot more people on the broad way than in the narrow way. Oh, yeah. God is not confused by people that say I'm saved. He's not confused by people that think they're saved because they're members of the church. I, that's the reason we preached what we did this morning about those three men. And the ideas that they had, how they could come to Jesus. And he's looking for a church that's come to him according to the scripture. He's looking for people that's come to him and he has filled them with his spirit. He's looking for a people that are walking in the light. He's looking for a people who are led by the spirit, who are called the children of God. And when the rapture takes place, when that trumpet sounds, those people and only those people are going to leave this place and they're going to be left behind. And I tell you what, there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians today that ain't no more Christian than... I ain't going to call them no names. You can just put the face to, the, to, to who you want them to look like. But let me tell you, they're going to be left behind. And I, I believe, here I am again, I believe that after the rapture, one of the greatest revivals that mankind has ever seen is going to take place. They're going to, all these people that's been on the outside looking in, all these people who have just tasted of Christ and have not eaten his flesh and drank his blood are going to wake up and say, oh my, it's true. How did we get left behind? What have we got to do to get there? What have we got to do to not go to hell now? Well, I don't want to go to hell. What have we got to do? And they're going to read the word of God for once in their life. And it's going to tell them, you don't take that mark. If you do, you're going to hell. And guess how, what? You see it, right? I love this. You see it. Who? How many is it? A number greater than you can imagine. Where do they come from? All over the world. They speak every language. These are the people that John sees. These are the people that the others had to wait on before the wrath of God is poured out upon this nation and upon this world. Yeah. Hallelujah. And he sees them standing right here. Glory to God. You know, and there's some people say, well, no, y'all are wrong. This is the church. And this is the complete rapture of all believers in the church. Well, that ain't what it says. It says that it is people who came out of tribulation. And I, and I even read, me and Troy got the same study, but read your study Bible and see what they say. They try to change the wording and make the wording say just like it did in, in chapter 3, verse 20. It don't change the wording. The people who wrote the King James Bible are, were not dumb. They were led by the Holy Spirit. We have, we have used the King James Bible for, for hundreds of years. And these people were led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit did not let them make mistakes in the Word of God. And we keep trying to change the Word of God because we are smarter than them folks back then. Just because they lived in 1400 don't mean we're smarter than they are. And I'm going to tell you what. When God gave it placed on their heart to interpret it, He gave them the right interpretation, not the wrong one. And we're trying to make it wrong so we can have our own theology. That we can show how smart we are. Well, let me tell you what. I'm as dumb as a rock. I come from Ravana, Arkansas. But I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And I know prophet talk when I hear it. Amen. Yep. Amen. And you need to study the Word of God to know these things. And so when he saw this, it's a beautiful sight. All of these people that have refused to worship the beast, 
And then he goes on. He don't stop there. And look at what he says. He says, therefore are they before the throne of God. They serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They get a reward. They get a reward of the presence and the leadership of Jesus Christ. And they get to stay in his temple. That's a big temple, ain't it? Amen. They get to stay right there. But look, and, and it tells the things that they won't suffer from anymore. You, you look at this. What's going to happen to people who refuse the mark of the beast? Look at it. They shall hunger no more. They're not going to be able to eat food. They're not going to be able to, to, to go buy more food. We're already losing the ability to grow up for ourselves. You won't even be able to buy the seed, the fertilizer, or nothing else to put in this cursed earth. You're not going to be, and you're going to be hungry. The ones left behind, they're going to be very, very hungry. And they got to have a resolve. And let me tell you what. People say, well, what does salvation look like to them? When these people have this revival, they're going to be filled with the same power that we're filled with. But the power that we're filled with, because we got filled with it when we were supposed to, and the rapture of the church came, that spirit is going to quicken our mortal bodies and we're going to leave with Christ. Amen. This spirit that they receive is the same Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the same. He don't change. He's going to still enter into these people and he's going to give them the power to say no. He's going to give them the power to stand on their faith in him. He, and they're going to do it because they know some of those people they knew was already going ahead. And they know where they're at. And they want to go there too. And they're going to hunger. He said, you ain't going to be hungry no more. Look at this. Neither thirst anymore. They're not going to be able to have access to water. You know what? All these things that are happening right now. And by the way, we're in the sixth seal while all this is taking place. We're in the sixth seal. There's seven. We're in the sixth one. And now they have, they're not going to have access to drinking water. You know, a lot of people don't have wells anymore. Amen? Yeah. And if you don't have a well, you're not going to have access to county water, community water, city water, and you're not going to be able to go buy bottled water. Think about it. They're going to starve to death for something to drink. So they're going to be drinking out of ponds and creeks if they're not all dried up by that time. Because I'm going to tell you, all hell breaks loose in this plant, on this planet. And a lot of stuff are going to be gone that we love now and to have advantage of now. going to be gone then. At some point, the water's turned bitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when, when that star called Wormwood hit, you didn't go drink no water. Amen. And so they said they're not going to be thirsty anymore. Neither shall the sunlight, sun light on them, nor any heat. They're gonna, they're not gonna have air conditioning. They're not gonna, y'all you know, see, y'all see how hot it gets now. They're not gonna have air conditioning because they can't have electricity in their homes. They're not gonna have refrigeration and why? Because they don't have the mark of the beast and they can't buy, sell, or trade, nor do any type of business. They can't have medicines. They can't have anything. And so these people are gonna die from these things that he mentions. And the Lamb said, it ain't going to happen to you no more. Hallelujah. For the Lamb, which is in the midst of the, of the throne, shall feed them. <laughs> Think about it. The Lamb himself, he's going to feed them. Praise God. And shall lead them, look at this, into, unto living fountains of water. Glory to God. He becomes the great shepherd extraordinaire to these group right here because they have given their lives for him. They have given their lives and refused to go to hell with the beast. They have given their lives and refused to bow down to anybody but him. They have had the revival. They have known who he is. They know who he is. And they know they missed it the first time. But they're not going to miss it this time. And there's going to be a resolve in their heart. I will die. My children will die. I will watch my wife die. I will watch my babies die before I let them go to hell with this mark. Amen. Right. That's right. Or let them kill them. 
Y'all, it's going to be a bad place to be here when all this takes place now. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be horrible. And for all of those who are left here, it's going to be devastating. And this is the end that they have to look forward to in order to gain heaven. Think about it. Darling, I don't want to be here to you. So what do I need to do? What do we need to do? We need to be ready against that day. We need to be ready for when that trumpet sounds, when that archangel shouts, when that eastern sky lights up with lightning from the east to the west, and our Jesus comes in the clouds of glory, we're going to shake and shiver, and we're going to meet him in the air. And the dead in Christ are going to rise, and we're all going to be together with him. Forever. Amen. That's what's going to keep us from going through this right here. Amen. God's good, isn't He? He is good. He's made a way. He's given us a plan. And He expects us to go by His plan. Amen. He wants us to have faith. And He wants us not just to have simple faith. He wants us to have diligent faith. He wants us like the tree planted by the water. He wants us, our roots strong in Him. He wants us on a firm foundation for when the wind comes, it don't blow us away. He wants us on the solid rock called Christ Jesus. He wants us saved and filled with the Spirit. And one of the things that we think about, and then we, we read it real quick, the Spirit quickeneth us. You know what that means? Makes alive. You know what that means? That means when He comes, because Paul said, when he comes, it's going to be a moment. And the twinkling of that blank, it's over with. Amen. Like the lightning goes across the sky from the east to west, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. What's going to make us go back? I'm not fast. I'm slow. I got out there in those playhouses yesterday, and I fell down for skin all the hide off my elbow. And when I fell down, I couldn't hardly get it. I can hardly move. But let me tell you what's going to happen when Jesus lifts that sky. There's something in me. It's in me. That Holy Spirit that's in me is going to quicken this old bald-headed preacher. He's going to quicken every one of you. And they go, you're going to build a little shimmy, and you're going to be out of here. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's what he has done for me and you. That's what, those folks aren't going to be that lucky. They're going to die. And then they're going to be with him. And he's going to make them, he's going to give them everything that the beast denied them. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus can do. And the beast and Satan the Antichrist, they are liars from hell. They are liars. And they have everybody buffaloed with their phony false preaching and their phony false prophecies even now. People want to believe the easy thing. Y'all listen to me. It's easy to get saved. But it's hard to live saved. And you can't do it without the Holy Spirit giving you the power to do so. Amen. So we do. We do need a revival. Because I tell you what, and I believe this with all my heart, I believe he's coming very, very soon. I believe the signs of the end times are on top of us. We have seen things in the last few years we had never seen, nor we would have ever. How many of you would have ever dreamed you'd be hearing an argument over where a boy is a boy or a girl? Where would you ever think you would hear such nonsense as that? And will they have the right to say who they are? And if you want to identify something else, you can be a kitty cat or a dog. They don't care. Just so you don't identify yourself as the way the good Lord made you. Well, I got news for you. There's going to be a judgment one of these days. It's called White Throne. And those people who have fallen for that lie, they're going to be there. And let me tell you what they're going to look like. That transgenderism and all that baloney that they say they can change a man into a woman, when they stand before him, they're going to stand before him buck naked. And they go, if they were born a man, they're going to be a man standing there. If they were born a woman, they're going to be a woman standing there. And he is going to judge them. 
according to his word and according to their works. Amen. Ignorance is not an excuse. No excuse. No excuses anymore. It's all over with. So we have been given this life, this short life that we have here now, to prepare for that day. Amen. Listen, if he comes tomorrow, that day is over with. That's it. And what you have done up until that point will determine whether you go with him or not. That's why it's so important to spread the gospel now. That's right. Like we said this morning, when's the time of salvation? Today? Right now? Immediately. Because you know why? He says when I come, it's going to be like a thief in the night. He said in the daytime, there's going to be people out in the field. But you know what? He's coming so fast, it's going to be night, daytime somewhere and nighttime somewhere. You know, nighttime somewhere right now. Yep. And he, so he says it like this. He said there's going to be two in the field. It's daytime. They're out working. One's going to be taken. And one's going to be left behind. There's going to be two in the mill. They're going to be working. There's going to be one taken. One left behind. There's going to be two in the bed. It's dark somewhere. Somebody's sleeping. He's coming so fast. He's going to zip around this world and mock drive so fast. Amen. And guess what? At the same time, he's going to wake the dead. <laughs> That's our God because he's got that power. And when he does that shout, the grave is going to burst open. The dead in Christ are going to rise. Hallelujah. And all of us who are alive and remain are going to be caught up together forever with Jesus in the air. What a day. What a day. What a day. Are we going to stay in that cloud? No. We're going to go with him. And we're going to be where these people are. And it's going to be a whole great time of celebration. Are we going to remember things? I think we might at first. I think we might at first. We're going to, and, and you know what? He tells us the time when there ain't going to be no more tears. These people right here, he says, when he does all this stuff for them, he says, look at this. He says, I follow the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne. Shall feed them, shall lead them to living water, living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away the tears from their eyes. Glory to God. God's going to do that. He's going to wipe away our tears, our anguish, and our pain. It's over with because we're with Him. And that's what makes it heaven. And y'all, that's not even the end. It, even, it gets better. Not for the world, but for those that are already with Him. It gets better and better. In the last two chapters, it gets glorious. And then some. We can't fathom. We can't imagine how great it's going to be. But I just want to be there, don't you? He leaves it to each one of us. Each individual has to have that relationship, has to have that experience with him for ourselves. We can't let anyone else hold us back. We can't let anyone else keep and, and blame someone else. Well, I'd have went to church more, but my husband wouldn't go with me. I'd, I'd have went to church, but my wife hates church. I, I, I don't went to church, but I can't get my kids up on Sunday morning. Y'all, that stuff ain't going to play out with him. He's going to hold you and you alone accountable for your responsibility. He's going to hold the man accountable for what he taught his children about Jesus Christ. And he's going to hold the man accountable for his own soul. And the, the child's not going to suffer for his sin. And he's not going to suffer for the child's sin. He's going to be accountable for his and his alone. And what his role a good, that God gave him, he's going to be accountable for fulfilling that role. The same applies to the woman, and the same thing applies to the children. Amen. Now, we've said this, and I'm going to say it again. You know, I believe when the rapture of the church comes, I believe that children are going to be saved for his name's sake. I don't know what the age is. A lot of people try to put the age on. I ain't even going to pretend to do that. But I do know this. He said, you've got to become like them little children or you're no wise going to enter in. Amen. And he said, forbid them not to come to me. Let them come to me. And that's when he told them that. And I believe those children are going to go in that rapture. And I believe our schools are going to be empty. I believe our elementary, our kindergarten, and all daycares, these kids are going to go, gone. 
and they're going to be with Jesus. And boy, there's going to be some explaining to do by lost parents and grandparents. What did you do with my kids? Amen. Y'all, when the Lord comes, these people, these millions, maybe even more, are going to know what happened. And they're going to die rather than yield to what the Bible says don't yield to. Amen. Any, boy, y'all have been quiet. You ain't throw anything in. Well, you didn't get your chance to say anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. I get excited. I've been with you from day one when we started Revelation. I've been, you've been my pastor, I don't know, seven, eight years, pretty good years. I've heard you preach hundreds of messages. And uh, we've gone through this year, chapter seven, where those four angels at the corner, four corners of the earth, we're going to stop the wind from blowing before they do that. 144,000 have got to be saved. And then the lesson for this evening, multitudes will be saved, every nation, kindred. And they're going to come out of tribulation. These are the ones that didn't see the mark of the beast, come out of great tribulation. Come out of great tribulation, you've got to be alive to go into it or be born during that tribulation period. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now my question is, you made a statement a while ago about, trying to see how you phrase it, about those people maybe that are looking in. You know, where people have come to church maybe a lot of times through the years. And the Lord has dealt with them, dealt with them, and dealt with them about being saved. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, they rejected him time after time after time, and they've heard the gospel. And now the rapture takes place, the church is removed. All these people that have heard the true gospel of Jesus Christ and have rejected him, are they going to be the ones that God's going to send a strong illusion back over in 2 Thessalonians? If not, can you explain a couple of those verses to me there? Uh, there's going to be a strong delusion to those now a strong delusion to them that they're going to believe the lies. There's going to be a, a lot of, of delusion. But I'm going to tell you what. It's going to be the same thing to me as it is with Israel. There's going to be something that's going to wake them up. And although they have been in strong delusion that they have rejected Christ, yet they don't feel like they've rejected Christ. We read about them this morning, if you'll remember, where Jesus told them, he said, and they argued with him. He said, I don't know who you are. And they said, oh yeah, we cast out devils. We, we healed the sick. We did all this kind of stuff. And he said, I don't know who you are. These are the people I'm talking about. Yeah, they, I'm, talking about I'm talking about here in 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, those last two verses, where it talks about, you know, the man of sin being revealed. And he does his wonders, his powers, his miracles, and stuff like that. And uh, then there, verse 11, because they didn't get saved, you know, during the church age. And then verse 11, God's going to send them strong illusion that they should believe a lie, or the lie, Satan. And then it says that next <coughs> verse, remember they believe him, believe that, that God sent them that illusion, and they believe a lie. They shall be damned. They're going to be damned. Right. And he don't say that it's going to happen to everybody. He don't say that it's going to happen to the whole world. But those who follow the beast are going to follow him under strong delusion that he is actually the Christ. They're going to believe that he is Jesus. They're going to believe he is the Messiah. And they're going to, because he is an imitator. We're going to go back over some things that, that we haven't touched on because we're, we're going to stick in Revelation. But it's prophesied that he will actually call fire down from heaven. The people are going to see that. They're going to see the miracles that he do, and that's going to bring them a strong delusion. Ain't nobody, you remember what you said about Jesus? Ain't nobody but somebody from God can do what he does. And they're going to think, no, they're going to, they're going to believe that he has the power to do these things, and that's the strong delusion because there's, there's, there's no word of God being proclaimed except by those people, and they're going to think they're wacko just like the world thinks. We're wacko right now. Yeah, I'm talking about those people that 
hears the gospel and rejects it, are you saying that those same people that reject Jesus Christ, knowing who He is right now, have heard the gospel, have heard the truth, and then the church is taken out, that they're still going to be able to be saved? Those yes, sir. They're going to be saved, but they're not going to be saved. They're going to have to die. They're going to have to be saved by refusing that mark of the beast. I believe they're going to have a revival. I believe they're going to fill the Holy Spirit just like we are. Yeah, I, I think there'll be, there'll be multitudes upon multitudes saved, but I think there'll be people that have never heard of the gospel and it's those 144 preachers to them. I don't think so. I, I think there's too many of them for that. I think that uh, that these people here are going to, the, the people who are left behind that that know better, that know what's happened, that realize why mom and dad, granny and grandpa, and the kids are gone. They know because they've been around it. They've heard it preached. They know these things. And they're not going to be delusioned. They're going to be the ones who do know. And this 144,000 are going to be witnesses. They're going to be preachers. And these people are going to worldwide. Because you made the remark, are these 144,000 people going to be stuck in Jerusalem? I don't think so. I believe they're going to be used not only in Israel, but they're going to be used around the world as, as missionaries to the to the people who are left behind trying to get them not to fall for the Antichrist and fall for the beast. And I believe that people who have tasted of the gospel, who have tasted of the truth, yet never ate the Lord, never yielded themselves to Christ, are going to be the ones that listen to them the closest and believe them. I believe that. That's what I believe. I say it like that. Okay. I mean, there's going to be multitudes saved, but those people that have heard the gospel, I don't, I don't know about that. You know, yeah. I, I hope you're right. Well, you know, you can almost see the, the delusion in the works. I was telling somebody the other day, uh, you know, I, I, I look at YouTube, I don't watch world news, I don't watch all that stuff anymore, but every once in a while, I do. I was, I've been listening to Senate hearings, I've been listening to the people talk about different things and they've opened up the door now that the government knows more about uh, UFOs. Now they found this giant black hole and they believe people come through that from other universes and the time travelers. And, and you know, we can say this is crazy all you want to, but people are believing it. And I believe this is part of the strong delusion that's coming. The strong delusion is people are going to be able to explain away where everybody went. <laughs> That's going to be a delusion. There has to be. There has to be. Uh, Donna and I both sit in classrooms and see these little kids, and we wind up in a classroom, and there's no kids showing up. There's got to be some big answer for that. Something's got to be wrong, don't it? Exactly. <coughs> yeah. and, and there are going to be people who do know. They know some things. And they're gonna they're gonna find out that those things they knew were absolutely true, yet they hadn't lived that way. And, and that's my personal belief. And I may be wrong, brother Sam. I hope you're right. I, I just don't quite see it that way. But I just I just see you, you, when you see and, and you know I I ashamed to see and say this. I love to watch Bigfoot stuff. <laughs> I, Mark, I was a kid when they hit Falk over here, and he, I've been mesmerized by Bigfoot ever since. But you, you also see these alien things. How many of y'all ever looked up in the sky to see if you could see a, a UFO? I knew you did. <laughs> Ain't but three of you raised your head. And look at there's some more of them coming up. Well, why would you do that? Well, what if your government can't... Now, everybody knows the government speaks absolute truth. <laughs> everybody already knows that. So the government says that. Yeah, we've been lying to y'all. There's a mothership out there. We've been in contact with it. That's the way we're able to do this thing, and we're going to be able to cloak things, and they're cloaked, and you can't see them, but they're there. And they've been sucking people off this planet, cows, everything, for years and years. And now they just come back out the buffalo. That, that sounds ridiculous, don't it? That is what I think a strong delusion is going to be, and people are going to believe that malarkey and fall for those kind of lies. And they're going to come up with all these explanations and all these these big brains that's got all this letters behind their names is going to tell us what happened, just like they do now. And you can't believe a word they say. And you know who they're going to be working for? 
Antichrist. They're going to be working for him. That's who they're going to be working for. He's going to be the leader of the world. And they're going to be doing whatever he tells them to do. Now listen to me. If Satan knows how to destroy this world, don't you think he don't know how to put it back together? Don't you don't think he don't know the lies he told enough lies to, to break everything apart? Don't you think he don't know enough lies to put it all back together and everybody's going to fall apart? He, because Antichrist don't have the answer to everything. You know that, don't you? Yeah, he's even going to make peace where there ain't never been peace. He's going to do all these things. And that's part of the delusion that's coming. I think when the Bible tells us that these people are under strong delusion, that they're going to actually believe Jesus is going to come when he gets here. I think that is the strong delusion that the scripture refers to. That the people are going to believe that Antichrist is in fact Messiah. It's going to be extra hard on the Jewish people that, that are following Orthodox Jews because they're still waiting on Messiah. Well, the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. And salvation comes to the Gentile, uh, to the Jews. That's what, according to Romans, that's what's going to happen. So the, 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 the church is gone. That that holds us back is, is gone. He's gone. And, and now, there ain't nothing to leave. And then he appears. And he's got all the answers, and people are going, and they're going to believe everything this man says. And he's going to show them through miracles. He's even going to have a wound, a mortal wound, and he's going to survive. He's going to have a statue, an image, because that's why the Bible says those that worship the beast and his image. He was able to smooth talk a third of the angels, and they were in the presence of God. That's right. I mean, just think about that. Now, think about that. He was able to convince that many angels to mutiny against the Holy God. Now, what's he going to do with men that ain't near smarter than angels? He's going to bring the strong delusion that comes when it says God sent it. Listen to it. We studied about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, men and Brother uh, Barry back there talked about that on the way in. I believe that man on that white horse is that spirit that's going to enter into Antichrist. And that strong delusion is going to come through him and it's going to transfer from each one of those horsemen into to destruction of people till they beat them into submission to follow that beast. Now, that's my belief. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I think we're pretty close here. So I think that strong delusion the Bible talks about is the delusion he's going to have over all the world. He's going to basically cast a spell, if you will. Everybody's going to worship him. Everybody's going to love him. Everybody's going to think he's the greatest thing since peanut butter and chocolate. They're going to think he's great and they're going to succumb to him. They're going to give their nation to him. They're going to give their, their power to him and they're going to follow him. And that's the delusion I think that the Bible's talking about. And I think that's why you find it in 2 Thessalonians where it talks about that withhold is, is taken away. Then he shows up and that's when that delusion shows. But I believe we're in the process of it happening now. That's We're getting set up for it. That's how you're going to end up in the high place. <laughs> yeah. Any more comments or questions? I want to add something on the same subject Sam brought up. Because over the years I've studied quite a bit about all this stuff. And in my own personal walk, watching how the world changes and people change, and these <coughs> rapid changes that we've been seeing happen. And I mentioned it in Sunday school this morning. I believe God is giving out reprobate minds right now. Mm -hmm. And I believe this strong delusion, because the biggest warning in the, in the New Testament that Jesus gives is be not deceived. He knew this was going to be heavy towards the end time. There's been false prophets and doctrines going on all the time, but it's, it's, getting, it's getting almost crazy out of hand now. It's people that are falling now. The platform that God stands on of being long-suffering, not only that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And the Bible also says, I will have mercy upon who I will have mercy. And he knows the heart we don't. Some of these people that are falling for these lies and what they think is a Christian church, they're swallowing that strong delusion right now. More is going to come after the Antichrist spirit, of course. But I've heard it preached all my life that if you miss that rapture, there will be no second chance. I've changed my position on that as well because those people that are alive and remain and 
heard some of the gospel, but never tasted the gift of God. <coughs> went into, you know, went into tribulation. You're right. They're going to look back and know that they were right. And uh, of course, there's going to be witnesses, and the gospel is going to carry on to some degree there in the, in the tribulation. <coughs> but only God knows those hearts that would come to Him, but they might have been just had to go a different route because it took more to shake them and open their eyes. You see what I mean? But they're going to understand, I believe, at the time. They're going to have to die to make it. They're not, the rapture's already happened. This terrible time, and you know, then again, if they refuse that number and they can't eat or drink, whatever, guess what? That's only going to, that's going to kill them itself. That's only going to take days. That's going to only take days. So, the sooner they go, the better off they are. If they, if they and end up in that position. There's another thing we need, and I know we got to go. There's another thing we need to look at in this. Antichrist is going to annihilate all people who are against him. He, he's going to. He's going to kill all people who are against him. He's going to kill them. Amen? It ain't like he's going to have a vote and, that, and you just do what I tell you. He's going to kill these people. He's going to kill all people who don't agree with him, who don't follow him, who don't receive that mark, who don't worship him. He's going to kill those people. And so all that's going to be left after that are people who follow him. That's why the world's going to follow Antichrist. He's going to kill everybody that's not. He's going to kill them. And if he can't kill them by put, putting a bullet in their head, he's going to kill them by starving them to death or having them die from disease or starvation for water. He's going to kill those people by denying things from me. That sounds like the big difference. You know, if, if I'd never accept Christ and I die, car runs over me, I didn't die for Christ, then, then my chances are out. I'm out. Yeah. <clears throat> These people actually have to die. Yeah, they're dead. They got killed. And they got killed because they refused to worship that beast. And they did believe in Christ. But if I sit in church all my life and I miss the opportunity and I, you know, a freight train runs over me, I miss my chance. I'm out. I mean, ask yourself this question. Why would those people die that way if they didn't believe something else? Mm -hmm. Think about it. Why would a man from that hundred forty four thousand? That's right. They're gonna hear about they're gonna hear about Jesus and they're gonna believe Jesus. They're gonna know about Jesus and they're gonna know that he is who he said he was and there ain't no other beside him. And all this multiple religious stuff, and you can go to heaven any other way. These people are going to die believing they ain't but one way, and they got to go that way, or they can't go. And they're going to give their life for that. They're going to do it. And it's not just a few, it's a bunch. Amen. We better stop. We're going to start in the chapter, what are we going to start? Chapter 8? Y'all hope I don't bore you with these crazy statistics here. But uh, I just want y'all to see how many millions of people uh, are here. So, oh, and there's one thing I got to ask y'all. I should have done this first before we dismiss. Uh, the uh, kinsmen, uh, kinsmen that, that came, a couple of the singers that came here a couple of times. I got a call from Gary, the lead. There's so many of us, Gary, and he wanted to know if. We would allow them to come October the 29th on Sunday night and lead our worship time with song. Yes. And I told them, I said, well, folks has really been enjoying this uh, this uh, Revelation stuff, and it's rare that a preacher gets to hear how much they like his stuff now. And he said, well, you talk to your church and let me know. But, uh, you know, we, we can always go back to this the, the next week, but I think that uh, they would really enjoy coming. Uh, and... Uh, what do y'all think? Yeah. Well, let's raise your hand. All in favor of that? Okay. All opposed to it? Okay. So the, uh, I'm going to call him tomorrow and tell him that uh, they come on the 29th, 6, I'll get the time right, 5 o'clock. I said 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock. You said October, right? October. October 29th is when they want to come. And so uh, I'll inform them so y'all can look forward to that that time. Okay. I love you. Would you please stand? Don't forget to study chapter 8 for next Sunday. And uh, we'll be, uh, maybe we can get some of this stuff figured out.
Anyway, I love you. Thank you for being here tonight. God bless you. Thank you for putting up for my rambling for all this time. Brother Sam said he would have said something, but I don't want to shut up on that. <laughs> no, I had plenty of time to say what I was Yeah, I know. When he passes off from place, he can walk by me and fix it. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead and dismiss it, Brother Sam. Well, once again, we do thank you for this portion of your words being brought to us this evening. Time that Brother Gary puts in to pray and study and everything. Although we may not be able to understand everything correctly all the way through, Lord, we, we know that if you told us where the Holy Spirit is from, if you lead us to God, to know all truth, and Lord, that's what we're looking for, is to be able to find out what the truth of the Word is. And Lord, we just thank you for each and every one that's come out. Lord, we've had a good, good number this season. We know that. More this evening than ever have before. We thank you for each one that's put forth the effort to come out. Lord, we pray that you continue to increase their numbers. Lord, all the ones that's on the prayer list, once again, that's been mentioned today, they don't look open. You know who they are, you know what their needs are. <coughs> you know, we know that we're all in need of blessing and mercy and grace for you. And we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Amen.